How many of you are ready for Christmas? Come on, raise your hand. How many are ready for Christmas? Did you know that today is actually 12 days until Christmas? We should sing a little song. It is officially the 12 days of Christmas. Let's do a little survey here today before we get started. How many of you have already done all your Christmas shopping? Raise your hand. All of it. Look around. Man, that's pretty good. You ought to give these guys a hand. They are ahead of the game, I tell you. How many of you have not done any of your Christmas shopping? Raise your hand. Got some procrastinators in the house, I'm just saying. How many of you would say that, hey, I'm just going to wait till Christmas Eve to do all my Christmas shopping? Some of you will pick something up from CVS on Christmas morning as you're going to mom and dad's house or whatever. Shame, shame, shame on you. And the holiday season is great, right? I love the holidays. I love Christmas. I love buying gifts. I love receiving gifts. And I know that that's probably not a popular thing to say, but I do like getting gifts, and there are all kinds of great things about the holidays, and yet, even with all the wonderful things that come along with the holidays, the joy and the peace and the hope and all of the things that we talk about during this time of the year, the truth is that the holidays can sometimes be a very stressful time. How many would agree with me on that? Like, I mean, all the stuff that you got to do and all the places that you got to that you've got to go and all the money that you've got to spend and all of the presents that you've got to buy. And then sometimes you got to be around some family and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's not so good because everybody has some of those family and it brings all kinds of stress. And then when you add the stress of Christmas and the holidays, you add that to the regular normal stress that you have during your regular days. And then sometimes even you look around at all the things that are going on in the world and all of the struggles and all the trials and all of this stuff. Sometimes, even though this is the hopeful season, sometimes it's kind of easy to lose hope. Sometimes it's kind of easy to keep that kind of hope that God would want for us to have. And so we've been talking about this in this series and we've just been talking about what does it mean to live out the kind of hope that God has for us as followers of Christ. And we've learned a whole lot of stuff over this last few weeks in this series. We've learned that as followers of Christ, that hope is not something that we do, that some people that's kind of how they do that. Like, I hope this or I hope that or I hope things go well or I hope this. But for Christians, hope is not something that we do, but hope is is actually something that we can have. Actually, even more specific than that, hope is someone that we can have through relationship with Jesus Christ. And we have learned that hope is not about peaceful circumstances, but hope is about the presence and the purpose and the person and the power of Christ working in our lives. And we've had kind of just this running definition that has been kind of leading us through this series. It's going to be on the screen there. It's in your notes. It's in your LifeGate app today. I want you to say it out loud with me. You ready? One, two, three. Hope is a strong and confident expectation. I heard some of you, but some of you aren't with us. So we're going to try it again. You ready? One, two, three. Hope is a strong and confident expectation. And here's what we've learned is that hope is this confidence that we can have as followers of Jesus that even when circumstances are not certain, even when outcomes are not certain, and even when we don't have guarantee of how it's all going to work out and what's going to happen and how all the details and all that, that we can have this confident expectation. We can have this hope, this certainty in our heart that even when things aren't good, I know it's going to work out for my good because I know that my God is 
is good. And even when I don't have all of the details and I don't know how it's all going to happen, I can have hope that God's going to work it out all for my good. And that is a powerful thought. Amen. And we've been learning what it means to have this kind of hope and just learning what kind of hope Christ brings. When Christ came to this earth, he came to bring hope. And we've kind of narrowed it down to four different categories of hope that we've talked about kind of every single week in this series. We talked the first week about the hope of God's favor. So everybody say favor. We talked about that God is for us. In fact, that's what the angel announced when Jesus was to be born. He said, glory to God and the highest peace on earth to whom God's favor rests. And what incredible hope that we have that God is on our side. That if he is for us, then who can be against us? And that was a powerful, powerful message. Then last week, we talked about the hope of God's presence. So everybody say, God's presence. The hope of God's presence, we talked about how he is Emmanuel, God with us. And because he is with us, because we have his presence, that even though sometimes we might feel alone, we don't ever have to be alone because he is Emmanuel, God with us. Now, next week, we're going to talk about my favorite one in this whole series, because next week we've got some fun stuff planned for Christmas Sunday next week. And we're going to talk about the hope of God's love. Everybody say God's love. We're going to talk about, man, I've already been studying about it. When you start thinking about how bad you are and how bad I am. And some of you, I know y'all are pretty bad. I'm just saying. And, and, and I think about my own life and how sinful of a person that I am. And yet I think about the fact that God loved me anyway. What an incredible, incredible hope that that is. But that's next week. We'll talk about that next week. Today, we're going to talk about the hope of God's Power. So everybody say power. Now get your fist like this and you got to get a little grunt, like a little power behind it. And everybody say power. Come on, try it again. Power. The hope of God's power. In fact, this hope that we're going to talk about today, I believe this is actually what the prophet Isaiah was prophesying about almost 900 years, almost 800 years before Christ ever was born. Look what he says. It's, it's an incredible, incredible prophecy. We hear it so many times this time of year in Isaiah 9 and verse 6. It says, for to us, a child is born to us. A son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. And look at this. Mighty God. Everybody say Mighty God. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Isaiah says, hey guys, here's what's happening. Jesus is going to come. There's going to be a son that is going to be born and he is going to be so powerful that he will rule over this entire world. I'm telling you, there is one that will come that will be more powerful and more mighty than any government on this earth. In fact, he will be so strong that he will carry the nations of the world upon his shoulders. In fact, he will be so powerful powerful that this is what he will be known as his name aka this will be his name that he is known as mighty god how many know that's some powerful stuff but wait there's more because i see what happens in the book of Ephesians that Paul writes almost 900 years after this prophecy was given in Ephesians 3 and verse 20. And he says, and now all glory to God who is able through his what? Through his mighty power, what? At work within 
us. Paul says, hey, there is a mighty God. There is a powerful God. And this is the hope that we have, the hope of his power, that he is so powerful that he will carry the nations of the world upon his shoulders, that he is so powerful that there is no other power on this earth above his power, that he is so powerful that his name will even be known as mighty God. But then Paul says, there's something even better than that, that that powerful God, the most powerful force in the universe, that that powerful God actually can have his power at work within us. That's something to be excited about this morning. That's something to have hope about this morning, that no matter what you face and no matter what's happening in your life, that the God of the universe, his power is available to work in and on and with and through you in every single situation. It gets even better than that because this word power in this passage of scripture, if you actually study the Greek translation of this word power, it actually, the Greek word is dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. Kind of a funny word, right? And we get an English word from that word dunamis. How many can guess what our English word is? It's the word dynamite. So everybody say dynamite. And here's what Paul says. Paul says, hey, there is dynamite power that is available for you and for me to work in whatever circumstance, whatever situation, whatever you are facing in your life right now. This God of the universe wants to work his power in and through your life. That's pretty exciting. And that's what I want to talk about for just a few minutes this morning. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and open them up. You can also look in your LifeGate app. It's on the screen there as well. And I want us to look at this passage of Scripture, one of my favorites in the entire Bible. In fact, we talk about it quite a bit around here in Isaiah chapter 40. In verse number 28, I want us to talk about the hope that we have in the power of God. Let's read it together. It says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The creators of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. For he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord. Isn't that what we're talking about in this series? Hope. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Isaiah says, hey everybody, listen up. Hey, if you don't know, I got something that I'm going to tell you, something that is incredibly important. Like if you don't know this, you better listen because this is important. He says there is a God who created this earth. He's the God who created the universe. He's the creator of all things. And he has power that is beyond what anyone can fathom. And then he says, here's even better news than that. That power that he has, he wants to give it to you to work in whatever situation that you might be facing. In fact, I I just want us to look at this passage and kind of break it down. And I want us to see three things from this passage about God's power, about the hope that we have in God's power. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write these down. The first one is this. I want you to see the evidence of God's power. What is the evidence of God's power? Well, all you got to do is just look around. You'll see it. In fact, in verse number 28, look what Isaiah says. He says, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator. Everybody say creator. The creator of the earth. Here's what Isaiah is saying. All you got to do is look around. 
He's the creator of the earth. If you want to see the evidence of his power, if you want to see the scope of how powerful and how mighty he is, just take a look around. Just look at the birds in the air. Look at the, at the fish in the sea. Look at the oceans and the mountains. And look at the Grand Canyon. Look at the stars in the sky. You just look around at creation and you will see the power of, the, of God, the evidence of his power. In fact, if you back up just a couple of verses from where we began to read here in Isaiah, he says in verse 26, Look what he says. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each one by name. Because of his great what? His great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. Here's what Isaiah says. Hey, you want to see God's power? Just look. Look at the stars in the sky. He's the one that flung them into the sky. He's the one that created them. And he's so powerful that he even knows every single one of them by name. If you want to see the power of God at work, if you want to see the evidence of his power, all you got to do is look up. All you got to do is look down. All you got to do is look to the right and to the left and all around you. You will see the evidence of his power at work. In fact, I I was reading a book, it's been several years ago now, by a guy named Bill Bright, and he is the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, and man, he shares some incredible stuff on the evidence of God's power in creation. I just wanted to read you a little excerpt from it today. He says, just to get a small idea of God's creative power, let us consider our universe. We live in one of nine planets that revolve around the sun. As the dominant light of our solar system, our sun, check this out, our sun gives off more energy in one second than all of mankind has produced since all of creation. Think about that for a second. With a diameter of approximately 860,000 miles, the sun can hold one million planets the size of earth inside of the sun. Think about that for a moment. And yet our sun is only an average size star compared to the rest of the stars in the universe. The sun is just one of among 100 billion stars in our galaxies. Scientists estimate that there are 10 billion trillion stars in the universe. Sounds like what you'd say when you were a kid. A billion, gazillion, quadrillion. 10 billion stars in our universe. This is equal, look at this, this is equal to about how many grains of sand are in all of the seashores in the entire world. That's how many stars there are in the sky. If we were to take all the stars and divide them up equally among every person on the planet, every single one of us would receive almost two trillion stars apiece. Just to travel across our galaxy, it would take 100,000 light years. In other words, if you were traveling at the speed of light, it would take you 100,000 years just to travel across the Milky Way galaxy. And our galaxy is just one of a billion, with a B, galaxies that are known in the universe. I'm telling you, this is a big and powerful God. And when you just look to the heavens, you see the evidence of his power. And when you think... Think about this, that all of those things that I just talked about, all the things that we see, all the stars in the sky, all of the incredible things in the universe, that God created those things with just one word. In fact, I was thinking about this this week when my my daughter, Briley, she's 12 now, but when she was about three years old, one day she came home and said, Dad, I know how I was made. 
I'm going, oh, <laughs> like who's been talking to her? What's she going to say? <laughs> I'm like, I thought this was going to be a few years before I had to deal with this kind of thing. I go, okay, baby, well, uh, yeah, okay, how were we made? <laughs> just not really sure what she was going to say. And she said, God just said, let. And I thought, wow, what an incredible, profound thing from a three-year-old little girl. This is how we were made. God just said, let. Let there be light. Let there be earth. Let there be whatever. And you see in Genesis that all God had to do was speak one word and all of these things that we see and things that we aren't even smart enough to even know and see now that God created them all with just one word. That's how incredibly powerful he is. Some of you come into this room today and you're facing some big situations and you look at your life and you go, I don't know how I'll ever get through this and I don't have the power to be able to get through this circumstance. Some of you come into this room today and and maybe you're in your marriage and you're going, man, you're talking about galaxies. It seems like we are galaxies apart from one another and we used to be close and now we're not and it just seems so far away. And I'm here to tell you one word can change everything in your marriage. Some of you walked in today and you're carrying this heavy load of financial stress and burden. And you look at your budget and you think, I'm a trillion light years away from ever being able to get out of debt or ever get all this stuff straight in my finances. It may look, it may look impossible to you, but I'm telling you, even just one word can change everything for you. That's how powerful he is. We look around and we see everywhere the evidence of his power. But not just in the universe and not just in creation, but as we study the word of God, we actually see the evidence of God's power in his own son, Jesus Christ. We know that Jesus was a man, but we also know that he was fully and completely God. And we see his power at work through Jesus all throughout the New Testament. In fact, we see that Jesus had power over nature. I mean, he spoke to a tree and later the tree withered up. He walked right on top of the water. He calmed the storm and the disciples even said, who is this man that even the wind and the waves would obey him? He had power over nature. He had power over illness. He healed a blind man. He raised a crippled man. He cleansed the left. He had power over the devil. He cast out demons. He spoke a word and demons had to flee. He even had power over death when he raised Lazarus from the grave. And he himself went into the grave for three days. But three days later, he rose again. And here's the good news today that no matter what you are facing through Jesus Christ and because Jesus came, the hope that we have is that we have this same power available to us here today. No matter what you face, he has power over it. And we see that evidence of his power over and over and over. So everybody say evidence. Number two, write this down. Isaiah says, I want you to see the evidence of his power. But then he says, hey, listen up. Here's what I want you to see. I want you to see the expanse of his power. In fact, he says, hey, God's power is so expansive. It's so great that it never runs out, that there is no limit to his power. In fact, let me just ask you here this morning, how many of you ever get tired? Come on, just raise your hand. Some of you raise your hand and say, I'm tired right now, all right? Some of you are like, I just wish you'd be quiet so I could go home and take a nap. Some of you are just already taking a nap right now. I see you. I'm telling you, you think I don't see you, but I see you. I see you. And here, here's the deal. We get tired, don't we? Like, I mean, 
work and we come home from a long day at work and we just want to prop our feet up on the, on, in the lazy boy chair. And man, life is stressful and sometimes life can wear us out. And sometimes we can find ourselves at that place where it just seems like I'm at the end of my energy. I'm at the end of my strength. Like I don't have the power that I need to keep going and keep doing what I, what I need to be doing. Some of you even came into this room today and you just drug yourself here just by some sort of faith that maybe if I could get here something would happen because you walk in you feeling really kind of hopeless and you feel kind of down and maybe some of you even have felt like giving up and you're at the end of your strength but here's what here's what I want you to see about God's power that even though our power is limited his power and strength is unlimited in fact this is what Isaiah said in verse 28 he says he will not grow weary and tired and his understanding no one can fathom and then check this out and he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak here's what Isaiah is saying hey you might be tired you might be worn out you might be at the end of your rope you might be where you have no more energy and no more strength left to even go on but here here's what you need to know today is that's good news You say, how's that good news? Like, how's it good news that I'm tired and I can barely even keep going? Here's the good news is that that Paul said that even in your weakness, actually in your weakness is where God can be the strongest. Some of you walked in today and you're feeling weak and you're feeling without hope. And the good news, the hope that you can leave with today is that even though you're tired and you're weary, he doesn't ever grow tired and he never grows weary and there is no limit to his power. In fact, if you take a note, you might want to write this down. Letter A is this, that his power is better than my best. Like, like, think about this for a minute. How many of you remember what it was like when you were, like, when you were, when you were young? Some of you are like, that's a long time ago. Some of you are like, oh, I'm still young right now. How many of you remember what it was like when you were like 18, 19, 20 years old, right? And I mean, you're at the height of your peak, the peak of your physical condition. Like you can eat whatever you want, never even gain a pound, you know. You can work out all day long. You're not even sore. You don't even get tired. Because I mean, you're like, that's your best. Like, like think about a, an Olympic athlete that has trained and they've, you know, disciplined their body and they eat the right things and they're like at their tip top perfect condition. And yet even like at the height of our perfect physical condition, even youths, the scripture says right there, even youths grow tired and weary. Like even at our best, I think about my little girls who are, who are 11 and 12 years old. And you know how it is when you're 11, 12 years old, man. You just think you can go and you can go. And so they'll have someone come over and spend the night. And they'll stay up till 3, 4, 5 in the morning. And they think, oh, I can do this. But 7 o'clock the next day, they're going to sleep. How I many you know what I'm saying? Like my little girl, Briley, she's playing basketball. And uh, she's doing basketball at 6.15 every single morning. And I remember the first of the school year, before basketball started, she was all, I should be able to stay up. I'm in the seventh grade. I should be able to stay up till 9 30 10 o'clock now she's been getting up early in the morning to go to basketball practice at eight eight o'clock she's going in there I'm going to sleep right because even at our best sometimes we just get tired and weary and some of you think man if I could just give it my best like if I'll just I'll just give it my all and it'll be good enough and I'll just work hard enough and I'll just do enough and all and here's the deal that even at our best we still mess up 
Even, even when we give it the best that we have, sometimes good enough is not good enough. Our best is not good enough. But here's the good news is that his best, his power is even better than our best. But notice this, letter B might write this down, is that, and I think this is even more encouraging, that his power is better than our worst. Isaiah said, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. The truth is we all stumble and fall. We blow it, we mess up, we make mistakes, and sometimes we're at our worst. I mean, think about what is your worst today? What is your worst fear? What is your worst failure? What is your worst, your worst guilty thing? What is your worst sin that you are facing in your life right now? And here's the good news, is that even at your worst, He is greater. His strength, His power is greater even than our worst. We see, we see the evidence of His power all around us. We see the expanse of His power, that it's better than our best and it's even better than our worst. And then that, that leads us to the most powerful part of all. Number three, we see the exchange. Everybody say the exchange. The exchange of His power. Here's what's so amazing is that this God, the God of the universe, that God that created all that stuff that we talked about, the God that carries the world on His shoulders, the God that is more powerful than any nation in this world, the God that is known as mighty God, this same God with this incredible power, He wants to actually give that power to you. In fact, this is what we see right here in this passage that, that in verse 29, Isaiah says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. That even when we're at our best, we still fall short. And sometimes we're at our worst and we don't have enough power to overcome our faults and failures. But here's the good news is that God actually wants to take His power that He has and He wants to give it to you. The power that you you will need to live the kind of life that God called you to live. In fact, I like to call it the great exchange. Everybody say great exchange. Great exchange. In fact, we see it right here in verse number 30. Look what he says. He says, even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. But look what it says. Those who hope in the Lord. Isn't that what we're talking about in this series? A confident expectation. Those who hope in the Lord will what? Will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. God says, I want to give you my power. And here's how you get the power of God working in your life. You got to hope in the Lord. When you put your hope in Him, when you, when you have a strong and confident expectation in Him, He says, I will renew your strength. Here's how he's going to do it. In fact, I love this. I've shared this with you many times before, but it's so powerful. I think, I think you need to hear it again. This word renew, if you actually study it in the Hebrew translation of that word there, it means to renew, but it also has another sort of a meaning to it. It actually means to exchange. In other words, God says, when we put our hope in the Lord, here's what he'll do. He'll take our strength, which is limited. He'll take our weaknesses. He'll take our faults and failures and the times that we get tired and the times that we can't go on and the times that we feel like giving up and the times that we run out of energy. He will take our limited power. And when we put our hope in him, here's what he'll do. He'll have the great exchange. He will take our weakness and he will exchange it for his strength. That's what Paul was talking about. Paul was saying, hey, 
even when I'm weak, hey, I rejoice in that because I know about the great exchange. I know that, hey, in my weakness, even when I'm tired and when I'm weary and even when I'm at my best and it's still not good enough, God says, it's okay because if you'll put your hope in me, here's what I'll do. I'll take my strength, which is unlimited and never runs out, that has an unlimited supply, and I will exchange it for your strength that is weak, for your strength that gives up, for your strength that is not good enough. If you will just put your hope in me, I will give you my strength. And that's good stuff. Like the 9 o'clock service was amen, and I don't know about this 11 o'clock service. I'm just messing with you. And here's the deal. Some of you go, well, that sounds good, Pastor. Like, you're getting excited up there, and I'm getting kind of excited too, but how do I live this stuff out? Like, there are times, and I'll just be honest, some of you may be here today too. Sometimes you go, I know God's powerful, and I know God wants to work powerfully in my life, but I don't feel God's power. Anybody ever been there before? And you're going, man, I, it's fine to hear you talk about that. It's fine to preach sermons about it. It's fine to talk about it, but how do I live it out? In fact, this is kind of what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 20. He says, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Paul says, hey, how do we, how do we take this stuff that's just, you know, pie in the sky and how do we make it steak on a plate? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do, we, how do we make it where it's like not just a bunch of talk and a bunch of preaching, and, but how do we make it where it's like daily living? How do I walk? How do I not just talk about God's power, but how do I walk in God's power on a daily basis? And I think we can see really how to do it right here in this passage in this prophecy or in this scripture that Isaiah teaches us. And I think I see two things from there if you want to write them down. The first one is we've got to spend time in God's presence. Look, look what it says in verse number 31. He says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Another translation, you may have heard it this way, it says those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. You know that that word wait or that word hope if you actually study it a little bit more in the in the Hebrew translations it actually it actually means to bond together, it means to tie together, to connect together. And so here's what here's what he's saying. He's saying those that that spend the time, those that hope in the Lord, those that wait upon the Lord, those that spend the time in God's presence, those who make a connection with God, those are the ones who will make the exchange of God's strength for our strength. It's kind of like, how many of you remember? Anybody old enough here today to remember the old dial-up connection? Anybody remember that? Come on. I know, I mean, that was in the dinosaur days, right? But what would you do? Like, if you want to get online, what would you do? Some of you teenagers have no idea what I'm talking about because you're used to having Wi-Fi everywhere that you go, and it's just like instant connection, and you just push a button, and there it is. But it wasn't always that way. I remember when I was a teenager, we would click on the little AOL symbol. Remember AOL? Come on. (laughs) You click on the AOL symbol, and then you would wait for a second, and then you would hear this sound. Anybody remember the sound? (laughs) Whatever, right? And then you would go eat a sandwich and walk around the block and pick up the kids from school and then come back. And then when you got back, maybe, maybe, depending on how many graphics were on the page that you're pulling up, maybe it might be there. How many know what I'm saying, right? And nowadays we got instant just connectivity. It's just boom. It's just there all the time. And here's what, here's what you need to understand is that connection with God is not like instant Wi-Fi. It's more like old school dial-up. 
That it takes some time. Those who wait upon the Lord. Those who spend the time enough to, to gain connection. To, to, to bond themselves. To bind themselves. To twist themselves together in relationship with God. That when we spend that time with Him. And here's the deal. It takes some time. Because how many know the power of God is a big download, right? And here's the deal. Is we, we, want, we want it to be instant, like all of a sudden the power of God working in our situation, working in our life. But we don't want to take the time to wait upon the Lord, to hope in the Lord, to make the connection that we need to make with the Lord. And so we wonder, why is God not doing anything in my life? And why is he not showing up powerfully in the way that I need him to show up in my life? But we hadn't prayed in like three months more than just praying for our meal, Right. And then we wonder, why well, I hadn't spent any time with God, but then I wonder why I don't have the power of God working in my life. And we hadn't picked up our Bible and read it since last January when we read Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3 on January 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And then after that, we gave up and put it away, and we haven't read it since then. And then we wonder, why don't I have the power of God working in my life? And the reason is, it's not an instant gratification. It's not, it's not a microwave. It's a crock pot. It's not a Wi-Fi. It's a... You know what I'm saying? And we spend the time. We wait upon the Lord. If you want the power of God to work in your life and in your situation, then maybe you need more time in the presence of God. Number two, write this one down. If we want the power of God to work in our life, not just, not just talk it out, but really live it out, and here's what we got to do. We got to trust. Everybody say trust. We got to trust in his promise. Look at it again right here in verse number 31. Those who hope in the Lord, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. This word wait as I studied it a little bit even more deeply as I was studying this week that word wait or that word hope one uh, commentator that I read said that it, this word actually carries with it this connotation of this expectancy or, or kind of this idea of this anxious anticipation about something. And it's kind of like, like a kid waiting on Christmas, right? Like that's the most agonizing thing because it's like Christmas is never going to get here. But it's not a negative agonizing thing. It's, it's more of a hopeful kind of a thing that, okay, man, I know Christmas is going to be here eventually. And so I have this anticipation that it's going to be here. And there's this expectation. There's this confident expectation. There's this hope as I'm waiting. And yes, it's taking a long time. And yes, it's like, man, when is this going to get here? When's Christmas going to get here so I can open the gifts and whatever? But inside there's this hope that I have. There's this anticipation and this expectation that, hey, it might take longer than I would really like for it to take, but it's going to get here eventually. And then there's even kind of this element of trust that goes along with it that, okay, I trust that I sat on Santa's knee and I told him what I wanted. And so I trust that, hey, it may take a while till Christmas gets here, but when I get here, I can trust that Santa's going to come through because Santa always comes through. Or I trust that I told my parents what I was wanting for Christmas and my parents always come through for me. And so even though I'm waiting and even though things aren't happening as fast as I want them to and even though Christmas is still 12 days away, there's this eager anticipation. There's this expectation that I have and there's this trust that I have that I know it may not be here yet, but it's going to get here. And when it gets here, it's going to be good. 
And it's the same way in our lives. If we really want to walk in the power of God, here's what we have to do. We have to trust in His promise. We, those who wait upon the Lord, those who hope in the Lord, those who say, hey, I don't know how it's all going to work out, and it may be taking a lot longer than I wanted it to take, and it may be that, hey, you know, things aren't looking really that great right now, but I have this eager anticipation, and I have this trust that I trust that God is good, and that God is for me, and that God loves me, and that God is powerful in my situation, and I'm expecting, I'm anticipating, I'm hoping in, I'm waiting on, I'm trusting in the Lord, and when I wait on the Lord, trust in the Lord, anticipate what He has for me, that's when I can renew my strength. Now, some of you are here, and you're going, okay, yeah, it's good, Pastor, I know, but I just don't really want to get my hopes up. Some of you, I mean, just being really honest, some of you have to say, you know, I've gotten my hopes up before. Like, I've heard sermons like this before, and you get all excited, Pastor, and you're up there yelling, and we all get excited, and I get my hopes up, and then I go into life, and I get let down. Maybe you say, I, I put my hope in, in another Christian, or I put my hope in a church, or I put my hope in a pastor, and then, man, they, they messed up, and they let me down, and Maybe you'd even say, I I tried to hope in God, but then circumstances didn't work out the way that I wanted them to work out. And it's just like, I, you know, I know how it is. I I, want to have hope, but I don't really want to get my hopes up because I'm afraid if I get my hopes up, then I'll just be let down again. And that hurts. It's just like the scripture says that when hope is deferred, the heart is sick. And some of us, some of you ran in or came into this place today and your heart is sick because you've had hope before and then you got let down and... You think, I don't really want to hope again. Here's what I want to tell you. This is what this this whole series has really been about. It's time to hope again. Here's what I want to tell you. Get your hopes up. Because God is good. And He loves you. And He is for you. And He is so powerful that no matter what you're facing right now, no matter what the circumstance or the situation of your life, it may be bad, but God is good. It may be big, but God is bigger. It may seem impossible, but the scripture says that nothing is impossible for God. And so here's what I want to tell you today, that you serve a big God and a loving God and a good God who is bigger than anything that you could ever even think or imagine. So here's what I want to tell you. It's time to dream again. It's time to get your hopes up again. God has good things for you. Hey, it may not always look good or be good. And it may be that, hey, you would even leave this place and the circumstance of your life may not even change. But you can have hope in your heart, the feelings in your heart and the things that are going on in here. The circumstance may not change, but this in here can change. Your spirit can change because you have hope in him, a confident expectation. There's this anticipation that it's not here yet, but I trust in my God and I know that my God. God is good. And even when things aren't good, he's working for my good. And he will work it together if I'll trust in him. So you come into this place and you're down and you're discouraged. And it's easy. It's easy to get there. All the stuff that we face in life. All the things that you face in your family. The things that you face with your finance. Then you look around and you see the stuff that's going on in our world. And it, it seems... It seems hopeless. It seems like there's no power that could ever change those things. But here's what we know is that God is more powerful than any circumstance, any situation. He, he is, he, there is no limit and no end to His power. And so if you came into this place today feeling weak, feeling worn out, 
feeling hopeless, feeling like giving up, here's what I want to tell you. It's time to hope again. Get your hopes up because God is good. He's powerful. He, he will work in your situation, but you're going to have to spend some time in His presence. You're going to have to wait upon the Lord. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And then here's what will happen. We're going to soar. Man, right now you might just be crawling on the floor, but here's the promise that we have, that one day you can soar on wings like eagles. You can run and not grow weary. Sometimes you just barely kind of walk through the situation, but you can walk through it in His power. That's what Paul said. It's not just talk. It's walking in God's power. And sometimes you just walk through the situation but you're walking through it with the power of God working in your life. And all you got to do is hope in Him. All you got to do is put your trust in Him.